welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I just want to share a few thoughts with you because I believe that Christianity is not just a set of beliefs. It's, it's, it's a practical outworking that can help and bless your life. And uh, we've just been away uh, and had an incredible time as a bunch of leaders um, in this church. And uh, it really was a lot of fun. And for the leaders that were there, I'm sure you'd agree, we had a great time. And I unpackaged a whole heap of thoughts. And it's some of those thoughts that I want to just quickly share with you tonight. I spoke to the leaders about leading with margin. Tonight, I want to speak to you about living with margin. Everyone say living with margin. Cool. And before I get into this, I just want to ask you a question, just to see if I'm speaking to the right people. And even if you have come here today under duress, uh, just think about these questions for a moment. How many of you have ever felt or feel right now pretty stressed? How many know what that feels like to be pretty stressed? How many have ever felt pressure financially? How many people here tonight wish they had more time for themselves? Oh, come on, get vocal, please. I'm talking to you, talk back to me, come on. I'll ask you, how, how many, honestly, you wish you had more time for yourselves? I'm going to answer myself, I do. How many wish you had more time to spend with your family and your loved ones? How many wish you had just more time to do whatever you wanted to do? I believe that that is the reality for so many people because we live in a culture today that pushes us to the limits. We live in a society that says buy more, accomplish more, do more and be more. Our culture's definition of happiness is this. Happiness is more than I currently have. We're on this pursuit of happiness, but when the goal is more than I presently have, it's something that always eludes us. We will never ever be happy because we'll always want more. You would think with all that we've got, we would be the happiest 5% of the world. And yet when the girls went to India, one of the things they commented on is the young kids and how happy they were with so very little. Why is it the more we seem to get, the more we seem to want, the happier we become, oh, the unhappier we become? I believe for many of us, we are living unbiblical and unsustainable lives. And that's why we as a church exist, to give you a message of hope, to give you some direction and, and give you some message that will bring life and peace to your heart. See, very few of us, or sorry, very little, um, sorry, most of us have very little margin for error in our life. And when there's no margin in our life, we don't have the time for the things that are most important. And we end up chasing our tails. And so I want to speak to you just very quickly about living with margin. And before I do that, I just need to say, what is margin? And I want to take you back to our school days, and some of you are still in school, I realise that. But when I was 
in school back in the day, I never forget the first thing my teacher wanted me to do was to rule a margin. Do you remember that? You get your ruler, red pen. And that margin was simply there to leave room on the page for the teacher to make their comments. Unfortunately for me, I got lots of comments. My teacher used to use all the red ink on the pen. The thing about a margin is you've got to put it in first. You can't put a margin in after. Margin, someone once said, is the difference between what you have and what you need. In other words, if you need to take a 20-minute car ride to get to work and you leave with half an hour, you've got 10 minutes of margin. Who would like... 10 minutes of margin. Whereas if you leave with 20 minutes, you're kind of pushing it right to the very last. Margin is having time left over to rest, to relax and to reflect. It's having time left over to spend with loved ones. It's having time to spend with God. Margin is a distance you put between you and temptation. This is what margin is. And this is what I believe all of us need more of. You see, when margin decreases, stress increases. How many feel stressed? Possibly it's because there's not much margin in our life. You ever been running late? Stress increases. You leave on a 20-minute journey with half an hour to spare, you're kind of relaxed. You know what it looks like when you're driving, when you have margin like this? Red light, doesn't matter, slow down. Turn up the tunes. Bit of Bruce Springsteen. In excess. Jimmy Barnes, cold chisel. Maybe even, maybe in a bit of kiss. All right. what margin looks like. Without margin, this is what driving looks like. <laughs> Come on, get out of the way. Come on, move it, stupid. Oh, I got your attention now. What does your life look like? This? Ah! Or this? It should look like this. But when margin decreases, stress increases. You get home from work and you've got to take the kids to the locker and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And oh my goodness, I don't have time for myself. And as a married man, you get home and, and you know, your wife's exhausted. And when it's bedtime, most husbands want something. When margin decreases, stress increases. When margin decreases, relational intimacy decreases. You notice that? When you don't have much margin in your life, you don't have much time for loved ones. 
You know, I know in a room full of this many people, there must be some here who have experienced divorce and the pain thereof. But these things don't just happen. I don't know a couple that walks down the aisle on their blissful wedding day with the thought, hey, one day we're going to get divorced. It's, It's never in the thinking. But in the busyness of life, as the margin decreases and the stress increases and the relational intimacy decreases, divorce after divorce after divorce is taking place. And if that's you tonight, my heart goes out to you because I know that was never your intention. But all the good intentions of the world aren't going to cut it. We need a solution. We need some answers. See, margin is what most people don't have. And I'm here to say tonight, the best things happen when we live in the margins. I want to read a portion of Scripture that's found in Luke, which is the New Testament. I realize there's some here, maybe you've never even seen a Bible before. But trust me, it's in there, and I'm going to quickly have it up on the screen here. But it's a story of two women that opened up their home to... Jesus when he was visiting them in town. And in Luke chapter 10, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha, everyone say Martha, opened a home to him. She had a sister called Mary. Everyone say Mary. Two key characters in this story who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset by so many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen better and it will not be taken from her. Very quickly tonight, I just want to highlight the plight of these two women. Two ladies, one name is Mary, one is named Martha. And they both had the same moment. They both had Jesus Christ come and visit them. They both had the same moment. One had margin and made the most of that moment. The other had no margin and missed the moment. You know, I trust tonight's message will help us take a stock take of our lives and not just point the finger at everyone else and everything else as to why my life is what it is. I believe the same moments come to all of us and it's how we respond that determine how we live our lives. Two women, same moment, two different results. What can we learn from this story? Three quick little things. Number one is this that we should not get distracted. See, Martha was distracted by all the things that had to be done. No one told her they had to be done. Jesus didn't say, hey, I want you. No, she opened up her home. It was something that was in her mind that had to be done. And you know what? Some of the things that she was doing were not bad in and of themselves. I mean, it's not bad to open your home up to Jesus. It's not bad to put on a spread. It's not bad to exercise a gift of hospitality. That in and of itself is not bad, but it can be bad if it gets in the way of what's most important. 
I can't help but feel that there are so many people that get married because they love each other. And then as they kind of do life a little bit together and they get a home that they just had to have, and then they had to have the swimming pool and they had to have the great garden. They had to have the two cars and they had to have the cat and the dog, the, cow, uh, the mouse and the cheese, whatever. <laughs> had to have it all. And with the more stuff they got, the more distant they became. And I'm here to say, do we really need all that stuff? Sometimes stuff is just stuff. And that stuff is stuffing up marriages everywhere. It's stuffing up families everywhere. It's stuffing up relationships. You ask most people today, how you going, mate? I I dare you to put this to the test this week. I guarantee one word will come out of their mouth. Oh, busy. How you going, mate? Busy. How you doing? Oh, I'm busy. You, busy. Are you, busy. We're busy little bees. Busy doing nothing except stuffing up our lives. Someone once said, if the devil can't make you really, really bad, he wants to make you really, really busy. Because if you get really, really busy, you'll do really, really dumb things. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days we live are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. The Bible tells us that we should live as wise lives, not unwise. Do you know every one of us has this pull towards foolishness? Let me highlight like this. How many of you find it easier to do the wrong thing? How many of you find it easier to do the right thing? What's easier, wrong or right? I'll highlight it again one more time. There's a a bench. It has a sign on it, wet paint. What's the pull you feel toward? Is the pull, oh, wet paint, trying to save me getting paint on me. Thank you, sign, and move on. Is that the pull? Or are you pulled toward it? Is that sign like a magnet? Is not the first question you ask in your head, how wet? (laughs) Do they mean really wet or just a little bit wet? I used to be a painter. And I can guarantee, no matter how many wet paint signs were out there, you'd come back and there'd be fingerprints. And you have some guy, oh, sorry, mate, I touched the sign. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> no sign, you don't feel the pull. We have this pull in us. You know what the Bible calls that? Sin. We're drawn toward doing the wrong thing. Let me highlight it one more time because you're looking at me like, eh, kind of there. Kids. Any parents out there? Cool. You know what I mean. Kids, wonderful, aren't they? We love them. We love them when they're asleep in bed, quiet. (laughs) 
Now they're awesome. I love our kids. We've got three kids. 12, 10, 4. <laughs> I've only left our house once with one child in it. Just totally forgot. Only once though, okay? I just... <laughs> but you know what? With our three kids, I've learned something. You have to teach them to do the right thing. I've never said to them, hey, I want you to go in your room and make it as messy as you possibly can. That'd be awesome. No, they do that real easy. Getting them to tidy up, hard. What is that? It's this, it's this pull toward foolishness. We, we feel drawn to doing the wrong thing. And so we have to live as wise lives. It's like when you drive a car and it needs a wheel alignment. You ever had that? And you, and you feel the car pulling and it's a wheel alignment that will straighten your wheels to help you go straight. Well, what the Bible does for us is give us not a wheel alignment, but a will alignment. And it aligns our will with His will. Tough crowd, come on! Wasn't good, it was flipping awesome. Let's pretend I didn't say that. We'll erase it off the tape and we'll do it again, okay? We don't need a wheel alignment. We need a will alignment. And it's this old book, seemingly irrelevant old book, that brings my will into line with His will. See, it's not a a list of what you can and can't do. It's an instruction manual for life. And basically, if you want to do that, if you want to touch wet paint, you're going to get paint all over you. If you want to sleep around and do all those sorts of things, you can do that. But you know what? It's going to break down the family unit. It's going to break down trust. It's going to have a whole heap of emotional issues and baggage. You know what? Sleep around enough. You may even catch some disease and people may die. Oh, hang on. Is that what we're seeing today? Oh, it is, isn't it? It is. Is that because we're obeying the will of God? Isn't it amazing? All this bad stuff happens and the first person we blame is God. Where's God? He's a God of love. Why do these bad things happen? (laughs) Because we're bad. Can you imagine wet paint sign? And I go, oh, wet paint, got painted. Where's God? He was hearing the sign saying, don't touch. I'm good tonight. Come on. I wish you were responding as good as I was preaching. I really do. (laughs) Secondly, time's getting away from me. Some of you are sitting there thinking, when's he going to baptise a friend so I can go home? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Some of you are looking at your Mate, who's going to be baptizing? And you're dead when I get home. <laughs> Please hang around. Not much longer. Secondly, in order to create margin in our life, we have to choose the right thing. Or should I say, we have to choose the best thing? Jesus said of Mary that she's chosen what is better. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say she chose what is good? 
Jesus didn't say, she's chosen what is right. He said that she has chosen what is best. Andy Stanley says this, that the best question we can ever ask ourselves is this, not, am I free? Hey, can you do this, mate? Oh, I'll see if I'm free. That's not the best way to answer a question. Am I free? You might be free to do something and, and, and your freedom may take you into a situation that is really, really unhelpful for you. So it's not the best way to answer a question, am I free? It's not best to say, um, is it right or wrong? The best question to ask yourselves, is it wise? In other words, if we can have it up on the screen, if you remember this little sentence and you fill yourself in the blank, every question that comes your way, every, every opportunity that comes your way, ask yourself this. In light of blank, is it wise? In other words, in light of eternity, is it wise? In light of my financial position right now, is it wise? See, I'm not against iPads. You know why? Because I have one. I love playing with this. It's awesome. Not against technology. Not against investment properties. Not against nice homes. But I am against those things if you can't afford them. If you have no financial margin in your life that's going to stress you out and lose your family, I'm not for that. So when it comes to buying an investment property, it's not good to say, well, they've got one, I should have one. Oh, my accountant said I should get one, so I better. That's not what the way to create margin in your life. The way we create margin in our life is by asking the question, in light of blank, is it wise? And so there are some things Kath and I have not yet done because it wouldn't be wise for us to do that presently. Sam mentioned the uh, work that's going on in our cafe and come back in a few weeks and it'll be repainted and redecorated and, and it'll look absolutely incredible. Thanks to your generosity and the incredible generosity of some people just helping out. But we didn't do that a year ago because there wasn't financial margin to do it. We could have pushed for it and I could have got all stressed out and the whole service could have been coming about getting money or we could just wait till there's some margin. And because there's margin and because we've been wise, we're doing this project and we're at peace. You do it at the wrong time, you do it at a time that's unwise and it's stress and pressure. Pressure. In light of blank, is it wise? In light of my emotional reality, one of the girls was going to go to, a, well, one of the girls who went to India was going to read a certain book on the way there. It was a real emotionally draining book. And my wife looked at this young lady, I won't mention her name, Sam, <laughs> and said, In light of going to India, is that the wisest book to be reading? Now, it wasn't a bad book, and it's a book Kath would encourage Sam to read, but just not going to India. Yeah. Kath's thinking was that when you go to uh, uh, 
India, you're going to be emotionally stretched enough without reading that book. If we could answer the opportunities that come our way with this one question, I think it could save a marriage or two. I think it could save a family or two. I think it could save an ulcer or two. You know the saddest thing for me? Most rich people I know aren't healthy. In actual fact, I know a lot of people that lose their health to gain their wealth, to use their wealth to get back their health. Duh! If there's anything good about what I'm saying, it's because it comes from this. It's God's everlasting eternal word. And the third thing is this, stand your ground. Jesus said that the decision Mary has made will not be taken from her. What did he mean by that? Well, he was aware of the opposition that she was getting through her sister. In actual fact, her sister was convinced that she was right. Lord, Lord, tell this lazy sister of mine to come and help me. And he goes, no, she's chosen what's better and it won't be taken from her. In other words, the choices you make cannot be taken from you. But you can give your choices away. I would encourage you through tonight's message to hear the wisdom in it Put it into practice and no matter what opposition comes your way, stand your ground because your good decisions can never be taken from you. Your boss can't take them. Your wife can't take them. Your friends can't take them. How may that look in your life? Maybe it's some of those who are young and unmarried here today. And you know what the Bible says about waiting and keeping yourself sexually pure before you get married. I know that flies in the face of the culture in the world in which we live. But there's some wisdom to it. Oh, there's some wisdom to it. And you might experience some opposition. And you might experience some comments like, oh, everyone's doing it, come on. I want you to stand your ground. Stay true to convictions. Because they cannot and will not be taken from you in order for us to make the best decisions we need to say no to many things we need to say no to some good things in order to get the best things just in concluding some of the things Kath and I have said no to I'll let you in on a little secret because some of you look at Kath and I and I mean, some of you don't think much of us at all. That's fine. But some of you look at us and think we're doing all right. And that's true. We are. We're doing really well by God's grace. But then we conclude, because you're doing well, Arts, because you're a pastor, it's easy for you. You only work one day a week. And that's not even a full... I was told at the leaders' meeting, that's not even a full day. And so, of course, it's all right for you. But that's not true. If there's any reality to us doing okay 
it's because we've learned to say no to a whole heap of things. We've actually said no to more things we've said yes to. And they're not necessarily bad things. But you know, from the moment Kath and I decided to have a family, Kath stopped working. Now, I'm not here to get into a debate with you and what you think about that, but for us, I realize our kids need a mum. And they needed a dad. They need a homemaker, they need a breadwinner. I know that sounds old fashioned, I know it's old school. But we've said no to a lot of opportunities and we have no regrets. That's not to say as the kids get older that Kath won't uh, do some things. You know, and in actual fact, Kath's been freed up to bless many of you to preach up here, to, to lead the largest ministry in this church, the women's ministry, which is fantastic. And she's been able to do all of that because she said no to a lot of other things. Hey, she could get a part-time job and maybe earn, I don't know, what's she worth, 5000 a year? Who thinks Kath's going to earn at least 10000 a year? At least, what, 20000 maybe? Anymore? (laughs) Point being, you know what? We may have a little bit more money in our bank balance, but for the season we're in, I don't think it'd be the wisest thing. I think for the church and where it's at, I think for our kids and the age that they're at, I think for where we're at in our relationship, I think the wiser thing than having five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars or 50,000, whatever it was. That the rainbow household have a breadwinner and a homemaker. That Kath can be freed up to be the woman of God to this house that she is. I think that's just wiser. And if I'm right, I have to trust God that he will make up any shortfall. But you know what? While we don't have a lot of things that others seem to have, We've never gone without. Please don't, don't fall or keep falling into the same old trap. I am passionate about this. I'm being very, I'm I'm being on my best behavior. I realize there's a lot of visitors and you don't know me from a bar of soap. So I'm being on my best behavior, but I'm so passionate about this thing. I'm tired of seeing lives shipwrecked because of unwise decisions. This keeping up with the Joneses mentality. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. I've got to have it. We get an iPhone 3G and now there's an iPhone 4 and all of a sudden we look at this. We're about to witness tonight over 20 people that are going to go through the waters of baptism. And the reason they're doing that is because they're making an open display of the best decision that they've ever made. You say, oh, Christian, you know what? In light of eternity, the best decision you'll ever make is to make peace with your maker. It's the best decision. Having all stuff and then dying is not the best decision. I mean, many of you would say it would be unwise not to have life insurance. Most of you as adults would have life insurance because you see the wisdom in that. What about eternity insurance? How is it we see the wisdom in life insurance but not the wisdom in eternity insurance? 
These men and women that get baptized tonight are unashamedly saying yes to Jesus. And saying yes to Jesus, they're saying no to a number of other things. They're saying no to every other religion out there. They're saying no to Krishna, no to Buddha, no to Muhammad, no to all these other thoughts and religions that are out there. Because there's only one way to God, the Bible says. And that's through God's Son, Jesus Christ. And so it's a real privilege of mine to introduce my and welcome my brother up here as he introduces those that are going to go through the waters of baptism. And as he does that, I just love to pray with you off the back of what I've shared today. Father, I thank you for this opportunity just to be able to preach your word. And I really do hope and pray that something of it fell upon ears that are able to hear and eyes that are able to see the common sense in this message. And I'd simply ask that with your help, Lord, that this thought and this word would grow and germinate within hearts today. And that with your help, we could make a difference, it would make a difference in our lives. That those that are married could become better husbands and wives. Those that have children can become better mums and dads. And those that have made mistakes that are irreparable could learn from their mistakes and move forward. And I ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.